Welcome back, everybody, to Perpetual Sports Talk. My name is Sean. And I'm Scott. What are we on, 29? You got a little special 20, episode 29 oh, trivia we, number for we're, us, we're Scott? Down there. I don't have one. You know what? And honestly, I thought we were on 30. So, you know what? Well, do you have one for 30 just a week early? No. No, I, I got to save it. Save it for episode 30. All right, cool. Strong start, though. Let's get Let's get going. We got a good lineup card tonight, Scott. Let me just run through it real quick for everybody listening. This is what our lineup card looks like tonight. We got a little Final Four talk. A little college basketball. You cool with starting with that, Scott? Yeah, we can do anything. And then, of course, the reason why we're listening to Center Field right now by John Fogarty, opening day. Opening day. What a weekend appetizer it is. Obviously going to have to talk about that, wrap up spring training. Hitting third tonight, going to have to talk about some NFL new rules, anything wacky going on there. We're going we're gonna to have the NBA hitting cleanup, Scott. Okay. We'll have a dude, a little dude of the week, a little schlub of the week. A would you rather if Scott can think of one because right now I don't think he has one, but maybe he'll surprise us. Pressure's on. And then, of course... The world-renowned weekend appetizer, what we're snacking on or taking delicious bites of this Thursday night to get us prepared for the weekend ahead in sports. So with that, that's that's the lineup card, Scott. I think that home plate meeting is over. I'm going to keep using these baseball analogies just the whole episode. <laughs> so jacked up, dude. Heck yeah, this is a great opening day. It's those, it's sort it's. It's funny because we just had the opening round of 64 in the NCAA tournament when there's like games on in the afternoon and you're at work and you're sort of watching it on your work computer and you know you shouldn't be. And it's sort of like exciting, you know, for those of us with jobs where you can't just leave during lunch and go to a bar. <laughs> you know, you got to watch it at work sometimes. So you know, keep looking back and forth. It's the same thing with opening day. A bunch of games going on in the afternoon. I mean, it happens throughout the season, but not a lot. And it's exciting, man. It's exciting. Supposed to be a good weather week. And yeah, I'm jacked up. And there's going to be some more baseball analogies for you, Scott, for all of our listeners throughout this whole episode. So, college basketball. So with that, (laughs) (laughs) nice. Yeah, man. Final four. We got a little South Carolina and Gonzaga. That'll be our that'll be our first game on Saturday, and then Oregon UNC will be the second game on Saturday. And I don't know if anybody had this in their final four. I had two, by the way. I'm going to talk about brackets because I know wow. that's your favorite thing in the world. Yeah, you had two. Congratulations. Hey, man, that's not bad. So did my grandmother. Okay, Scott, you don't have to you don't have to be a big jerk about it. <laughs> Who did you have? You had UNC and Oregon. No, I had Gonzaga. I didn't have Oregon in the final four. No, I didn't have UNC in the final four. I had Gonzaga and Oregon. I, get, I had Gonzaga winning it. I had UNC losing to Kentucky, actually, in the Elite Eight. Uh, it's looking strong. I'm really proud of you. Yeah, thanks. Big league of me right now. <laughs> But yeah, so is there a team? Is there a particular team you're pulling for? Are we as podcast hosts? Should we be rooting for a certain? T- are we just rooting for South Carolina because they're a seven seed? I'm rooting for good games. I've been doing that the whole entire. I know that's a very political answer. Yeah, we've 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 heard that one before, Scott. 
So, yeah, why not root for South Carolina? Root for Frank Martin. Root for Sundarius Thornwell. The guys that haven't been in the in the in the news, like you, you got UNC and Zaga. Um, you have teams that you haven't seen before play. I think that's cool, and that's part of the whole March Madness thing. Um, granted, you know, it, they could lose. I mean, they very well could lose in the Final Four, and you know, you can't even remember who the Final Four was last year, can you? Let's see here. It was. Villanova, UNC, Ooh. obviously, because oh, they you were... Got a, I'll give you a good guess. You got a 10 seed. Villanova, UNC. That was the national championship game, obviously. Uh, it wasn't Wichita State, was it? Was Wichita State in the Final Four last year? Oh, oh. no. Oklahoma and, and Syracuse. Syracuse. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good call. That's a okay, good call. I, you said 10 seed. I thought Wichita State. That was Syracuse. Oh, okay, that's right. The, oh, well, that was the whole ordeal with UNC was playing Syracuse in the Final Four, and both of them were under investigation for violating NCAA rules. And we've ah. talked about that already with recruiting with unsavory people. And Little Ricky Patino. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> let me, uh, let me see. I want to make horrible jokes right here, but I don't want our podcast <laughs> to turn into just. Talk about sm- and if we're gonna bring him up, we're gonna have to also mention that Ricky. It's it's amazing though, Scott. You know, it's amazing. Sort of getting off topic from the Final Four, but now that you bring him up, how does that guy still have a job and John Thompson the Third does not? Because Rick Pitino wins and John Thompson doesn't. You know the answer. You're better than that. You know the answer to that. Yeah, but are we okay with that as college basketball fans? No, we're okay with that as people that want to win. Mm. Is that that far off? No, but it's it's a bit of a shame. Let's turn this back. Let's turn this back to Final Four. Okay. We could root for... So you're rooting for good games. Great. I, I think a lot, I think America is rooting for uh, South Carolina just because they're a seven seed. Now it's not like a seven seed has not won in recent memory. UConn in 2014 they were seven seed, but then guess how many other seven seeds have won other than UConn in 2014? Was, did Wisconsin win as a, as that eight seed? No. Uh, U- UConn. They lost. Well, they lost into what do you t- which we you, Wisconsin are you Wisconsin talking about? Lost to Duke, I believe. Yeah, but they years. were one seed two years ago. Wisconsin. Yeah, this nah, was this must have been a few years back then. Zippity doodah. Zero seven seeds have won. Zero seven seeds are plus, or just zero seven seeds. Zero seven seeds or plus. Yeah, nobody lower than a seven seed since the, the tournament. Correct. Correct. So, odds are, USC is probably losing in in two days. You know, sure. whatever. However, like you said, rooting for good games, rooting for you know stuff you haven't seen before. You know those those South Carolina kids. How about just players who you haven't heard of? How about Luke May being a North Carolina legend now? Making yeah. that buzzer beater to to be Kentucky, Luke May, some kid who averaged I don't even know how many minutes, not a whole lot, and 
Just one big, apparently he got a standing ovation at class the next morning. You ever get a standing ovation when you walked in, Scott? Let me answer it for you. No, you never got a standing ovation. You know what you just did? You got standing ovations when you left to go take a 20-minute smash in lecture hall. That's what you did. What'd I just do? No, no, keep going. I, I like this. I like this. I'm keep sorry. Going. I'm just tearing into no, you. I, it's, I, this is payback from you've been big leaguing me for the past couple weeks. I see how this episode's going to go. No, yeah. no, no. Anyway, you just stole my dude of the week. Now. Oh, really? Luke May? Well, I, I have another one that's even better. It's probably more worthy than Luke May showing up to class at a university of no classes. Oh. But. Yeah. That's a good point. That's an excellent still, like that's that's pretty impressive if you go to UNC and go to class. I mean, they should get all the students standing ovations for going to class. That, it's not not a bad point, but here's the thing, Scott. On Perpetual Sports Talk, I don't want to just let anybody into the realm of due to the week. If we're doling out due to the week awards for kids who go to class, we should be very disappointed in ourselves. Hey, hey I mean, he hits the game-winning shot at 9 p.m., the night before, and then comes to class at 8 a.m. the next day. Come Dude, on, I've gone. I've not gone to class for a lot less than that. You hit. You missed a couple game-winning shots during intramurals, and then showed up for your 9 a.m. class, and nobody was. You weren't butthurt about it. You weren't getting standing O's. Yeah, you nobody gave no standing O's. Zero sitting down and nobody care O's. That's what it was. Anyway. Final four to look forward to. What else? What else with the final four are we looking forward to? What about? I mean, I I do want to go there for just for a second. What about the women's final four? How much you know about the women's final four? Uh, UConn will win it. That's what I know. Of course, but can we like talk about how impressive that actually is? What is he? So he's up to a hundred and ten games. Hundred and eleven. Hundred and ten ish. I might be hundred and eleven now, but. Okay. And he, I mean, we could talk. Do you do you do you have a couple words to say? Do you have something prepared? I think you, it's incredible how Gino Ariama is the best coach in, in college basketball, men or women. I mean, that guy, what he's done with UConn women is is incredible. Um, and we can go on and on about Gino Ariama. Another fun fact: I don't know if if y'all know, um, UConn. Well, UConn's in it. South Carolina's in it, mm. which is the men and women are in it for like whatever time. UConn men and women were in it a few years ago, right? Uh, I think, but it's, yeah. it's happened like two thousand eleven, two thousand four, maybe. Yeah, and you know the other two teams that are in it for women's. So you, we got UConn and south carolina maryland got eliminated in the elite eight i think yeah me neither the the lady terrapins you don't know it of course not you don't have this prepared (laughs) i thought you were looking at it dude no i was going i was kind of making a little little bit as like nobody knows who else is in the final four well you introduced this segment as if we're like hey let's talk about the women's final four please i want to talk about and now you're Big How league in them. Shoulders above Gino Ariama and the UConn women are than everybody else, and it's not bad for the sport. It's not anything like that. That's a whole other topic, right? But it's just they killing people. Oh my gosh, absolutely. And here's my question for you, Scott, that you might sort of know because 
just being in the in the in the coaching world. And eh, try me. I yeah, I'll try. Could Gino like be the men's coach? Yeah. Could he? Absolutely. Now this doesn't mean I'm. I don't mean to belittle anybody here, but why doesn't he do that? Because he's comfortable there. I mean, it's 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 a great reason. I mean, you could say he's going to get paid more in the men's sport, but he's not going to win a hundred straight games in the men's sport. He might be successful, but why not? I mean, he's comfortable. His family's there. His family grew up there. He's been there for what thirty years, thirty plus years. Why not stay? Granted, he would be successful in the men's league. I, I'm 100% confident of that. You think so? You think it would just translate? It does. It doesn't translate X's and O's as much, but he would. He's smart and would be able to adapt. What translates for him is the culture he brings. Sure, just winning mentality, the attitude. That yeah, he, I like that. The standard he holds to the to those girls is just incredible. You right. don't even see that on the men's side, but. A thing, though, it's th- that culture's awesome, but when you essentially get your pick of the best players in the country, and I'm not sure if he would have that pick being coaching men's just because the pool is a little bit bigger. Right. He's not going to win 100 straight games. That's what I'm saying. He's not going to go undefeated for four straight years. You think he would? You think he would? Let's just say he is UConn's coach next year. You think he's taking UConn to a couple of a uh, couple tournaments? Yeah. Oh yeah. He'll be successful. Maybe not next year, but you know he'll build something. I'm 100 percent confident in that. Right. But he's not retiring. Is the only thing I know that he's no. st- he's not he's not going to be the. Team USA, the, the Olymp, the Olympics women's. He's not doing that anymore. I did hear that like a couple weeks ago, but yeah. as far as I'm concerned, yeah, he's. It's not like he's gonna be amazing though if he had to retire if the winning streak is still going. He's like at 300 wins in a row and he has to retire. Yeah, yeah. Amazing. So what? So what's your what's your pot if the Zags win? Uh, zippy, uh, fun. I did it for fun and enjoyment. Right, good, good. Yeah, see, not everybody who fills out a bracket is just a lowly. Yeah, my dog. Greedy. Did, my dog filled out a bracket, and he's not lowly. Yeah, he's you're, not, wait, hold he's on, you're final four teams in too. Your what filled out a bracket? My dog. I, that's why I thought you said your dog, but he's a smart, intelligent creature. <laughs> so I wouldn't be surprised if he you had the Zags winning. Coincidentally, and he got two right. You're really big leaguing me right now. I don't even feel bad about what I said when ever, nobody clapped for you when you were at George Mason. Okay, who's your well? Who's your pick? Who's your pick to win? Other than I just want to see some good games. Who do you want to win? You know, that's a great. That's a great. I can't think of the word right now. Impression? No, it's different. But we'll go with impression. Okay. Go with impression. It's a great impression of me, but. I, I'm going with UNC. Okay. I mean, there's the experience. You can't beat that, really, in college basketball. As talented really? as Gonzaga is, they might be the best team, and they might see – they very well could see UNC in the finals. I think experience takes over, and that attitude of we've been here before, Roy Williams kind of knowing the ropes of the Final Four. It's a different ball game when you get to that level. So I'm taking, I'm taking uh, UNC. Okay, and with that, do you want to 
Do you want to change sports? Let's do it. To baseball we go, buddy. And I'm turning John Fogarty back on. Sorry about <laughs> it. He's going to be real low. Nobody's really going to be able to hear. Opening day, Sunday. Obviously, official Major League Baseball opening day is when the St. Louis Cardinals play. And so they play the Cubs at 835. However, there are a couple games. The Yankees at the Tampa Bay Rays at 1. San Francisco Giants at the Arizona Diamondbacks at 410. And then, yeah, the Cubs and the Cards at 835. But, of course, we have to talk a little bit about the Nats. Nats home opener is going to be on Monday. And this is what I was talking about, man. Monday. What are you going to be doing Monday afternoon? Probably nothing. Probably not the well, you know, your job. This is sort of your time. This you're just enjoying. Working, but yeah, be working one way or another. I know you're gonna be tuning into the Nats somehow via internet, via TV, transistor radio. radio. That's how I'm gonna be listening. You know that. I have two transistor radios, and I love it. And I just wanted to, as as Nationals fans, I wanted to sort of harness the three types of fan that really exist and I believe exist in all of us. You have your optimistic fan. You have your realist, realistic fan. And you have your pessimist, the pessimistic fan. I think all those three fans exist. I think those three fans exist in every single baseball fan every single sports fan so i want to harness that scott i want to hear your optimist fan prediction your realist fan prediction and your pessimist fan prediction you cool with that you want to play yeah i'm in do some discussing yeah let's do it i'm I'm in okay i can wing it you can wing it do you want to open do you want to do you want to go first i'll go first I'll go first. Okay, get your warm-ups in, dude. All right, See, so, um, get okay. down the line. I mean, crack Dynamic. the net. Optimistic fan. Bryce Harper is going to have an average year. Ooh, Scott, that's your optimistic fan? Realist fan? It's probably going to be below average again. Oh, interesting. You're focusing all on one guy, huh? I, I have a few of these because I've been thinking about these. Real or what is it? Pessimistically, he's gonna get the injury bug and he's not gonna play half the games this season. Ooh, wow, it's tough. So yeah, that that's that's a good one. What, what do you got? So I, I, I jumped around. Okay, I jumped around a whole lot more. Which, by the way, guess how many home now? It's spring training. Whatever, it doesn't matter. Uh-huh. How many home runs did Bryce Harper hit during spring training? How many leprechauns were found during St. Patty's Day last year? Look, okay, look, this is a significant number. Would you have rather Harper <laughs> hit a big bagel, a big zero for home runs? You'd want to talk about that. I don't care. I don't care if he hit one or if he hit 50. Yes, you would, Scott. If he didn't hit a single home run during spring training, you'd be like, oh, here we go. Would be the same exact fan as I am now. He hit eight. He hit eight. Eight home runs and 56 at-bats in 23 games. He had eight of them. I, that's, is that you, you don't care at all? Yes, that's significant. He's still facing big league pitching for the most part. <laughs> He's facing Tim Tebow pitching. Whatever, man. We'll talk about that here in a second. <laughs> my my 
optimist, okay, my optimist Nats fan. We're going to have a closer. The Washington Nationals will have a closer by opening day, and he's going to be good, and his name is Coda Glover, the rookie, the 24-year-old. He's going to come in, and the reason why I say that is it's going to be an ignorance is bliss situation. He has no idea. He has no idea what's waiting for him, and he wants it. When all the interviews were coming around when he was first getting first getting up with the with the with the big team, you know, are, oh, are you are you a starter or are you a bullpen guy? He answered, "I'm a closer." 23 years old. I'm a closer. He's confident. He wants that role. I think he's going to get that role, and he, I think he's going to do it well. He. Well, that's your optimist. Fan, huh? It's my so you, that's my optimistic you, fan. You want Coda Glover to be the closer? No, I, no, I want a closer. My optimistic fan is is Coda Glover is going to fill that role again. Like I said, because there's that whole young. You know, I think Dar- it's cool. So you're saying Dusty's going to go back on his Blake Trinan thing? They just announced what today or yesterday? No, he didn't. He didn't announce anything today or yesterday. Yes, he did. He announced that Blake Trinan is going to be the closer. When did he announce that? Uh, this Look it is up. pretty recent. If it's like this afternoon, of course I didn't see it. Uh, let's see. This was no- about noon today. Ah, uh, whatever, you big dummy. Coda Glover's going to get a shot. He's going to do well. Okay, it changed it. Maybe not closer. Now it looked like such a freaking schlub right now, Scott, you <laughs> big dummy. I was wondering where you're going with this. I'm like, why if he... I don't know. Whatever. Okay. He's going to be a setup guy. Totally changed it. <laughs> he's a setup guy now. And he's going to do this. well. Ignorance is bliss. Here's my realist. Here's my realist fan. Trey Turner is going to have a horrible year at shortstop. That's and real? Oh, that, shortstop defensively? Defensively. He's going to do, do fine at the plate. He's going to make 30-plus errors. Because that's what a rookie shortstop does. Okay. He's gonna, he's gonna make thirty plus errors, you know. And that shortstop position was filled very nicely, very nicely with with Danny Espinosa and Nats fans sort of took it for granted. Defensively, and, not offensively. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. But what do you pay your shortstop for, Scott? What do you give that guy money for? for? Defense. You for get de- money for defense. But, you know. And it's gonna be bases, nice for it's hit lead it's, off. It's huge. It's for, gonna be see. He's gonna be a two guy. I think with Adam Eaton. I think Adam Eaton's going to be the leadoff guy. I think Trey yeah. Turner's going to be hitting second. But but absolutely, he's going to be a huge plus at the plate. I mean, he was he was last season. He's hitting 330-something last season. And yeah. it was awesome. What I'm saying, realistically, this isn't me being negative. This is a rookie shortstop. He's, he's going to have a rookie year, and that includes 30-plus errors. He might kick 8 to 10 balls in April, Okay. He might. He might have a horrible April. But that's I'm just, anybody listening right now who expects Turner to come out on five. Never. He's it's he's he's faster than Danny Espinoza, but he's not gonna be able to cover as much ground. He just won't be able to do it. Some balls that were look like backhand routine plays that Espinoza made, they're gonna be base hits. They're gonna be base hits in the six hole with Turner playing shortstop. That's my real. That's my realist Nats fan. Here's my pessimist Nats fan, okay. and this comes about because I mean, you know, I grew up with the Orioles. Matt Weeder's going to suck behind the plate, and he's going to suck <laughs> hitting, and he's probably going to get hurt. He's only going to play, I don't know, eighty games. That's my and and I don't want that to happen. 
I don't want it to happen at all. I want to see him do great in DC, you know? Of course. But yeah. I just don't think he will. I mean, he's averaged 70 games the past couple years, and I think he's going to – He's gonna. I mean, partially that, when he had Tommy John, he played 14 games in one season. But he's he's very average hitter, and he's going to continue to be that average hitter. He's going to hit 220-something, and he's, and he's going to catch – maybe two times a week just because he's going to be injury prone. That's what's going to happen. That's what we're going to look back at this season and 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 see. Okay, so you kind of went all over the place with your like three different guys and like positions and all that. I'm going to go with like the same same thing I did before, with one guy. I'm going to go Daniel Murphy. Hmm. All right. Optimistically, this is very optimistic. He's going to have the same year statistically that he did last year. Wow. That is incredibly optimistic. I love it. Uh, realistically, he's going to come back down to earth a little bit. Wait. Then how is he going to have the same? He didn't come back down to earth. That's what I'm saying. Optimistically, he's going to stay the same. That's my optimistic oh, Nats fan. Okay. Okay. So he's going to hit three. Yeah, he's gonna hit 347 and have 25 bombs. Optimistically, yeah, that's very optimistic. He's 32 now. Realistically, he's gonna come back down to earth, where he maybe will hit 300 with 15, 20 home runs. Hopefully, okay. you think that's okay? You think that's realistically, or do you think that's more pessimistically? Pessimistically, he's done some work, man. He's going to go back to his old Mets days and just can't hit water. Ah, but he, see, he changed up his approach so much from Mets to coming to the now. Go look at with his last year with the Mets. Go look at where he set up in the box. And go look at last year with the Nats where he set up in the box. He is like on top of the plate last year. With the Mets, he was just way, way far back. It's amazing to see. I don't think... Like him really coming back down to earth. I mean, I think that's more of a. I I I still think he's going to be an all star second baseman. Yeah, you know I should have said this at the beginning, and it's kind of like coming full circle here at the beginning of the show. Mm-hmm. Like this show, PST was based on base baseball, basically. That's right. Our first few episodes were all baseball. Right. One hundred percent from start to finish. All baseball. Yeah. Well, I don't know about. I don't know about all baseball. Basically, I mean the whole the whole thing came about during the Nationals playoff run there last year. That's okay. That's a fair point. So all we were talking about was baseball. Okay. Where are you going with this? Kind of coming full circle where we're going spring training now. So we kind of branched out into these other sports, and it's kind of nice to be talking. So like people might be listening and be going, "Oh my gosh, I have no idea what they're talking about." You, is this because I was talking about Daniel Murphy where he sets up in the box? Forgive me. That was that too nitty-gritty. I'm not saying that's cool with me. I'm, I'm cool with that. I'm saying some people might be listening and be going, what the heck is Sean talking about right now? Okay. Fair enough. If you, I, I, I say we should keep the same. We should keep going like this, obviously. This is what the show is based upon. I'm ah. having good feelings because this is coming full circle now. Okay. All right. Well, see, I feel like we need to pump the brakes a little bit. That's sort of the vibes that I'm getting no, from you, Scott. With the... I don't know. Let's keep rolling with the baseball talk, man. I love it. 
No, I, you know what? I think I think that's all we had. We were just doing our little optimist, realist, pessimist bit. I know you have something about Tebow, and other than that, we can move on. So do you want to hit us with some Tebow news? Ooh. Average number of pitches Tebow sees per plate appearance. Three. Exactly. That's exactly where I was going with that. Are you? Is that an actual number, though, or are you just doing a little joke here? going to be a joke but three strikes you how know? many how many pitches did he see against max scherzer was it three three yeah balls <laughs> didn't like swung little, after the ball was in the glove timmy. what a little late on that one timmy oh my gosh it's I, that catcher was rolling it back to the mound by the time timmy swung it it was something like that and you know a competitor like Max Scherzer was just like, I love this. Probably love striking out that freaking big Tebow. Doesn't even, I mean, I know your thoughts on Tebow. My thoughts on Tebow is great. You know, good for him. I mean, who cares? But that was pretty funny. Listeners, if you have a second to go look at the at bat, look at it. It took, it only take about 20 seconds. Like a major league at bat, three pitches took 20 seconds. That's Max, Max works fast. Timmy was just getting carved up. He was swinging at that first pitch after he was punched out on three strikes. That's <laughs> how that's time. How chronologically how it was set up. Breaking news: He did find the right batter's box. In the southpaw man, the lefty. <laughs> what is he? I believe he's assigned. He's. Oh wait, no, we Single talked a. about this. Columbus or Columbia Fireflies. Well, we Single talked a. about this last time with the whole promotion ideas. Yeah, that's right. You were pretty mean about that. Forgot oh, about I wasn't it. Mean? I was realistic. Those are pretty good ideas. They were not realistic. They were mean, and you were big league and Tebow. <laughs> that's my job in this show. That's, that's right. what I was hired to do. Is that uh, is that enough with MLB talk? Hey, for now. Once the season gets rolling, I'm sure it'll it'll keep going. Yeah, well, the season gets rolling, you know, in four days. So, so next episode, be prepared. Hey, what? Well, I mean, this is opening day. This is big. It won't be 14 minutes like it is today. But yeah, we're gonna be doing some baseball talk. You want to move on? Let's let's switch sports. We're gonna have to go to the NFL for just a minute, but before we start this segment, Scott, I'm ju- I'm just gonna dwell on this for a second. I feel pretty stupid about that whole Coda Glover thing. Like it's affected me. This just You're this carry couple it minutes. On that's the episode. I'm wearing it, dude. I'm wearing Most it hard, facts, man. You gotta just you gotta get over it. Let it go. Let it go, man. Let all it. right, cool. You didn't know. You don't have. You're not up on the web or anything like all of our smartphones. No, that's true. You, get <laughs> so you gotta wait for the newsletter to come out. I'll read about it in tomorrow's paper. I'll be like, yeah, I should have done the podcast Friday night instead of Thursday. So NFL, the only thing, new rules. Or I guess not new rules, of course. It's just proposed new rules for the 2017 season. And boy, do we have doozies, Scott. Okay. Well, you know there are new rules, right? Are there already some official ones? Yeah. I'll, I I did not get the fancy notification on my smartphone. The league's annual owners meeting. We'll, we'll get you there. We'll get you there. Okay, so what you, have... You give them to me, and I'll say if it's been approved or not. Okay, but these still have... I feel like this isn't over. Some of them that haven't been approved yet can still no, potentially... It's not, be, 
It's not over. It could it could still happen. Okay, here's my favorite one. Replace the sideline replay monitor with a handheld device and authorizes designated members of the officiating department to make the final decision on replay reviews. This, of course, is to have to prevent the referees from, quote, going under the hood and taking 20 minutes to run across the field, to get under the thing, to go in there, to do whatever he does, to come out. He can just pull his iPhone out, look at it, and say, yep, he was out of bounds. Yeah, I get where they're going with this, but this league is, I mean, it's just one thing to another. It's a slippery slope. I think we say that at least once an episode. This whole thing is a slippery slope. What whole thing is a slippery slope? The whole, like, like you said, I mean, instead to of... Sp- to speed through, up the game. The whole point of that rule is to speed up the game. Oh, I get it. I get it. But next thing that's going to happen, and this is talking like a crazy conspiracy theorist, is that there's going to be no referees. And we're just, the referees are just going to watch on TV and just make the call from the TV. You know what, what? I mean? Right, it's it's all about just again speeding it up. That's the whole the whole goal. So the the threefold goal of the NFL, they say, is number one, player safety; number two, the quality of the games; and number three, I don't know, I can't remember, but there's a third one. And player safety, I mean, they've gone, you know. They're not giving up on that with all of the concussion protocol and the helmet-to-helmet and the what-have-you. But the quality, right now, the main complaint about the quality and the product of NFL games are are length of games. Yeah, yeah. And so by doing this thing, here's why I think it's funny, because I feel like at least a couple times a game, there's going to be a referee running down the field, and you're either going to see this iPad like bouncing at his side or like some sort of device like falling out of his pocket and then someone like lands on it and smashes and something like that. I feel like there's going to be some funny stories to to go along with having a little yeah. computer at your side or it's going to be like a Bill Belichick. Remember Bill Belichick it's last season when he threw the iPad on the ground? They're not going to like carry it around. Instead of the booth, some schlub is going to run out with an iPad or a Microsoft Surface Pro and hand it to the ref, and they're going to huddle up, and they're going to look at it, and they're going to point, and they're going to go, okay, that's what happened. Are you sure it's that, or is it equipping each referee with a device? I'm sure sure it's just a little iPad deal. Why do they make this so difficult? Ignore the on-field refs, go to the big room in New York, stick to the two people, so that's what you want to see. Okay. Yeah. Then they can text, page, Snapchat, whatever the referee with a decision. This should take no longer than 30 seconds, maybe 45 if it's close. But that won't happen. Okay, this is my other uh, one, another one that I think is funny. Permit clubs to opt out of the color rush jerseys created for Thursday night football. Because the NFL, of course, needed a reason to get people to tune in to football on Thursday night to watch two crappy teams play a crappy football game. Let's make the uniforms look like pee and throw-up colors. What have they done about the old color rush jerseys? Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's getting, again, where this rule is going is it's going to be like college football where each team makes its own jersey. That's how it's going to be. Doesn't each team already make its own jersey? What do you, yeah, what do you mean by that? Yeah, but it's very like standard. It's going to be like, I mean, the color rush is kind of out there. I mean, they kind of go like with the 
like you said, piss green and the and the throw up and all that. Yeah, the throw up and the and so it's just kind of get it's just kind of get to be like ridiculous the, these these uniforms. So I think that's kind of where it's moving towards. Where I mean, remember that whole colorblind situation where on Thursday night people couldn't see it because they were colorblind and the coach. Yes. Yeah. So it's moving towards that. Yes. Ah. Okay. The, so again, I thought you were gonna tell us if they've made a decision on the rule that I bring up. I or haven't. Not. I do not have that ruling in front of me. Okay. Well, can you? All right. So now that you've said this, can you just tell us some rules that you do have in front of you? They're very, they're very like stupid. I mean, there's the same new sportsmanlike conduct leaping rules, so you can't jump over people at the line of scrimmage on a kick. On a kick, though. See, that's new. People did that all the time last year, so that's a new one. See, I didn't hear about that. Yeah, so that's so, different. So that's a penalty now. If you jump over to the line on, only on a kick, right? Only yep. on a kick, not a regular play. That's new. Okay, see, I didn't know about that. Didn't get. The, I'll read about it tomorrow. Uh, teams will now be penalized 15 yards, and the game clock will be restored if they commit multiple fouls in the same play in order uh, to manipulate the game clock. Okay, yeah. So that I, was with the Baltimore Ravens. When they when they did that crap, right, right. So huh. this is it's just boring rules, man. No, those are those are new though. Those are new, and that's going to come up next season. The one you did say was the centralized replay review. So it's going to all happen in New York, right? And it's going to they're not going to go over under the hood. They're just going to video tablet and wireless headset it, and so that's how it'll be. So okay. That one was was is going to happen. That one is going to happen. So the referees are going to be carrying around iPads. Not or carrying around. It's going to be so iPad. Ga- that's that's going to be a whole other job in the NFL. So right now, oh. NFL has a now hiring sign. Now hiring part time positions. Uh, guy to carry around an iPad and hand Referee it to referees. That what goes along with guy holding the sound uh, half circle. I feel like that's a compl- that's a broadcasting thing. Well, that's it, completely it's on the different. same level of like useless jobs. I wonder like, if they hold this five five pound half circle there for three hours. It's for uh, sound. That's when you get the like you get the like hits and how you, you hear how are you qualified to do that. You're if you're that's a broadcasting thing. I'm telling you, that's like a broad. That's probably an educated guy, and he probably help us out with our podcast soundboard. I still haven't been able to figure out. <laughs> but the iPad guy, I wonder if the iPad guy is gonna. You think he's gonna get to wear a uh, referee shirt? You give the sound guy way too much credit, but yeah, probably. Dude, that first of all, there might be a sound guy listening, and now you've ticked him off, and he's not gonna listen to PST anymore. I might have lost half our viewership. What the heck do we know about sound? Okay, one more, and then we're going to move on. I think the Redskins proposed this one. I could be wrong, but it's uh, it's another reason why I'm bringing it up. Move the line of scrimmage to the 20-yard line for any touchback where the free kick travels through the uprights because that just has Dustin Hopkins written all over it because he did that about 50 times this season. So that's after a touchdown. Team kicks it off. If they kick it, the length of the whole field essentially through the uprights, then it's pushed back five yards to the 20 instead of the new 25. What do you got about that? Has that been approved? No. That 
will never be approved. And I that is coming from a dysfunctional organization that just fired their GM for apparently no reason anymore. Right. And I have that sound clip somewhere, but it's not pulled up. And there's probably going to be a new development about the Redskins next week, so we can just put all that back. Of till. course there is, but I'm just saying this dumb rule was proposed by the most dysfunctional organization in all of sports. Look, they need yards where, as far as defensive stops, wherever they can get it. So if they can squeeze five yards out of a Dustin Hopkins kick, their best football player, that's a stretch, that was mean, <laughs> then why not? They should also say stuff like, uh, when teams are playing the Redskins, it's only two downs instead of four downs. Anybody, you know, Snyder is uh, just a, a little boost. Just, just horrible enough to just have the gall to come up with something like that. Okay, anyway, anything are we done with bagging the Redskins? Enough for this episode. I think we're done with bagging the NFL too. So let's go ahead and switch sports. Let's move on to the NBA, Scott. Give it to me. Some good news for our Washington Wizards. They take the Southeast Division. That's pretty cool. First time since 1979. It's a long time. Really long time. That's why I'm playing Bullets Fever right now. I'm going to pause it, though. It's just a little quick. I'll have that little bit up. Just every time we mention the Wizards, the who, and then I'll play it. It'll be like a little, little thing. Yeah, first time since 1979. The last time, you know what else happened in 1979? I no idea. They well, as far as with the Wizards, like what else? Like where did they go? The finals. Yeah, they won the Eastern Conference. Haven't done that since 1979 either. A lot of similarities between the 79 and 2017. A lot of the same players. Who was in office in 1979? Reagan? Jimmy Carter. Come on. Dude. I know. That was inappropriate. That was entirely uncalled for. But it just puts it into perspective. So they clinched when they they beat the... Or they they took the division when they beat the Lakers 119-108. And the best thing about that game, they came from behind. 16 points. I love that. I love it when they come from behind. I think that's a sign of an actual good team. And then, of course... Beating the Cavs a couple days before that, which is just, honestly, we talked about when they lost earlier in the season on the LeBron James, just magical three-pointer off the backboard. It's like this completed that, okay? Favorite part about that game, I'm just going to hit you with it. LeBron was dealing with some cornea injury in his eye. Did you watch the game? He was wearing goggles. He flings his... I didn't watch the game. I saw when he flung his goggles because he missed a shot. Right, the first shot, one yeah. shot, and he threw the as if like, oh, these goggles are make me shoot bad. Right, that's like when a kid makes a bad throw and then he grabs his arm like, oh, it's it's my arm, it hurts. It's not misses, the fact that misses I stink. The catch, misses the catch and looks at his glove. Right, he's that guy, and I mean LeBron James is stink. He's the best basketball player in the world, but it's just upsetting. It was upsetting to see him do that. So who, if the playoffs started today, who would the Wizards be playing? We got the Bucks. Now we're in a pretty good situation because we're either get either getting the two or the three. Now we want Cleveland to be oh, personally. I want Cleveland to be the one, so we don't have to see Cleveland until 
the conference finals. Right, because if Cleveland is if Cleveland is one, then the Wizards would probably see them in the second round. Or no, if the, no, no, no. If Cleveland's one, then we'll see Boston in the second round. Right, because we would see the winner of the two, which is Cleveland, versus the seven. No, nope, you're still struggling. Versus the eight, which is the Pacers. Nope, you're still struggling. Well, who who would Florida, Cleveland be playing in the first round of the playoffs? We're the three seed. The Washington Wizards are the three seed. We're Correct. the Bucks in the first round of the playoffs. Right. We would be playing the winner of Boston versus the Heat. Isn't that what I said? No, you said Cleveland versus the Pacers. Right, but Cleveland would be playing the Pacers. Cleveland would be playing the Pacers at the top of the bracket as the one versus eight. So we wouldn't see them until the conference finals, the third round. Okay, entirely different bracket. Right. So we so we want Cleveland. I'm going to say it wrong again. We want Cleveland to win the division. Yes, we want Cleveland to win the conference. Even yeah. Does yeah? My bad. The Wizards won the division. Is here's the thing we'll get though. There. Does it matter? Does it matter with what? Does this whole winning the division matter? Winning the Southeastern Division does it matter? No, no, not really. You just got to get to the playoffs. That's that's the main thing. Yeah, but getting as to the playoffs you, in the NBA, anybody can freaking get to the playoffs in the NBA. As long as you get to the playoffs, you're healthy, you're playing competitive basketball, anything can happen, really. Are they just destined for another Washington sports letdown? Losing to the hey, Bucks in the first round? Hey, that would help our podcast if they're doing well, so... No, wouldn't we would want that? Because come on, they would advance the first Washington team in God knows how long to get to the quarterfinals of their respected championships. Yeah. That hasn't happened since the, the Skins did it in was it nineteen ninety one when they won the uh, friggin' uh, uh, Super Bowl. Dude, we weren't even alive when the last time. 90. Yeah. Horrible. Here's the anything thing, though. Washington, anything good has happened in Washington. Well, I mean, some good stuff. <laughs> like, full of fever. Okay. Washington what is baseball? Watch what? Like, Nationals baseball. Yeah. 2005. That was a good, was an interesting, interesting time. What else in the NBA? Dude, this whole MVP race. I don't know if you've been hearing anything about it, but it's ridiculous. Do Why you isn't have it? Any comment on that? It's it's Harden or Westbrook, right? And who should who should it be? Harden. Really? Why do you say that? Hmm. I don't know. I feel Westbrook like you know. I now. Do you think wins? Should factor into getting the MVP. I know I'm bringing these questions on you. Here's the thing. Okay, MVP. What's it stand for? Most valuable player. Thank you. Okay. Who is who is more valuable to their team when you look at Harden or Westbrook? Like if you were to take either of those guys out, okay, then. 
who like who who is actually most valuable? I would think Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook? Why? To me. That's that's to me. Are they both averaging triple doubles? Russell they're Westbrook both, is. They're both having crazy they're both having crazy things and they're both what th- there was an argument that pissed me off to no extent was we should give them both the MVP. Oh my gosh. And I it's was horrible. like that exactly is what's wrong with society. The whole participation trophy thing came rushing back. It was like non-flashbacks, man. You know, and it's like then MVP just becomes a big joke. Who wants just, to win it then in future years? We should just give everybody the MVP so nobody feels bad. Let's just sign Scott to like an NBA deal. He could be. I could know, be the point. MVP. Give he me could, the MVP. He, he, he. Russell Westbrook isn't better than me. Yeah, he's I can not. beat him one on one. Yeah, he I can beat MJ one on one. Hey Scott, we're all the same, okay? And we all deserve to be treated with the same respect. And well, we all deserve to be treated with respect. But you know, it's I I understand, and I still think I just think it's hardened simply because yeah, I mean, what you said, maybe I. Maybe I contradict myself just because, just because they're winning a bit more. I mean, I know, but just because Houston's doing a little bit better than OKC, I think I think that that means something. Like if you're to take the two like ends of the spectrum, do you take the best player on a really good team or the best player on a really bad team? Well, the Rockets aren't even that really good of a team. Yeah, but they're but they're better. They're better than OKC. They they're only, they're better by ten games. I don't know. I would take Russell Westbrook for the type of season he's having for the player he is. But you never know. Okay, so let's lock that in. Gentlemen's wager. If James Harden wins, you I don't know. What are you doing? I don't know. I'm. I think we're losing track of our bets here. No, we are up to date on our bets, dude. Don't say that. <laughs> what I do you want to do? Anything? Dude, I got nothing. Nope. All right. You know what? We'll think of it later. Let's do it. Let's give it a fan thing where fans can can give us bets, bet ideas. Okay, for uh, for NBA All Star, I like it. If you guys want to chime just give in, us any bet ideas. Leave us a comment or a tweet or a direct message. You let Murph know. They can't just be five bucks. They got to be like obscure bets. Right. All right. Let's do it. Okay. We'll see. We'll see what response we get. Anyway, let's, uh, let's move on. And as we're winding the show down, we're going to just stick to a couple of our usual segments. Okay. First, dude of the week here in perpetual sports talk we like to mention athletes who excel not just in their sport but somehow with the community with the world with the with the country with whatever because a lot of time athletes is bad publicity we want to focus on the good stuff here on perpetual sports talk so we call we call that guy or girl or whatever dude of the week no matter Gender, I suppose. It's always due to the week, and that means no offense, Scott. No. What do you, what do you have for us? Dude is transsexual. You can be both. 
That's right. Whatever that means. It's blind. All right. So due to the week for professional sports talk. All right. It's a it's a kid now. It's oh. a Florida kid. First kid. Thir- 13-year-old Jamaron. I can't even say the name. Jamaron Styles. Good prep, Scott. I, Styles? Uh, what was so hard about Styles? Jamaron. It's kind of a oh. hard first name. Okay? okay. Sorry. I don't mean a big but league. It's yet. not. It's, yeah. It, it, let, me, let me finish here. Uh, this kid knocked down multiple three-pointers in his middle school game. Now, that's not what's impressive here. It's that he did it without any arms. Huh. This kid has no arms. Like, literally no arms. He lost his arms in a, to a rare, rare bacterial infection as an infant and grew up without arms. Doesn't have prosthetics, doesn't want them, just kind of lives his life, happy kid, all that. At, at the shoulders or at the... Like at he, the shoulders. At the wow. shoulders. Okay. This kid has no arms, and he's knocking down three-pointers in his middle school basketball game. Knocking them down. Absolutely hot. Is he Is he using his – how is he – can you describe – He's using his shoulders to pinch the ball and shoot it. It's incredible. You have to see this video. Oh, my gosh. I got to look him up. Jamaron Styles. Yeah, I mean, Murph, I'm sure, will post a video on – Twitter and all that. He has to. But this this kid's incredible. I mean, he's he's a great kid. He's a really nice kid. And he's been on Sports Center and everything now. So you might have already heard of him. But this kid's knocking down three pointers like it's nothing without any freaking arms. Now wow. think about all the stuff we can do or I can't do with two arms. Like this knock kid, down three pointers. I can't I can't I can't shoot a three make a three pointer with two arms. This kid has no arms. And it will yeah, I mean that's 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 an incredible story. That's a good that's a good find, Scott. And you said he's a Florida kid? Florida kid. Florida middle wow. school, thirteen years old. That's awesome. That's really cool. So he so so Jamaron Styles, he's our dude of the week. He's the dude, man. It's funny that you that he's from Florida because on the opposite of due to the week that we also like to do on on perpetual sports talk, we call schlub of the week. And the definition of schlub is just an untalented, unattractive, just every pejorative word that you can possibly think of. And we pick someone out of the sports world because oftentimes sports athletes, anybody involved in professional sports, college sports, high level sports, whatever. Hold them up to be gods, untouchable. However, they are human. So we like to remind everybody that here on Perpetual Sports Talk. So the schlub of the week, Scott, comes out of Florida. Comes out of the University of Florida, the Gators. And he is the softball coach. He's the Florida Gators softball coach. Tim Walton, okay? He just, they just lost to Auburn, okay? Auburn Tigers beat Florida 1-0 on Monday night. And the Auburn shortstop, her name was 
Haley, I think. Haley Fagan, it says here in the article. Okay. Apparently had some, had sisters who, who didn't like playing for, for Tim Walton, the coach of the, of, of the University of Florida. And so in the handshake line, you know, going after the game, you know, shaking everybody's hand as she gets to him and there's video of it and the video is hilarious. She puts her hand down and like refuses to to give him a high five, right? Okay. And of course, if a player ever does that to you, Scott, what do you do? Might say something or just keep moving. You would you just you Probably walk right by. Moving. That shouldn't affect you as a coach. You yeah. are a grown adult, okay? And this kid is probably whatever kid, right? Emotional, just playing the game. You walk right by. Tim Walton decides to just keep his hand up and give her a little shove on the shoulder. Just push her, which is just highly uncalled for. And then, of course, she turns around and pushes him back. Just a little bit, right in the back, just with one hand. And then he turns around, and you can see him go, what? Why'd you do that? What'd you do? It's not, I, me? No, I didn't do any. I didn't push. No, no, no. It was really upsetting to see. And, of course, the day right after, he has to come out on the Internet and say, oh, I apologize. I regret that this has taken attention away from the effort and sportsmanship both teams displayed all weekend so he apologized to to the auburn shortstop but it's it's a it's just an embarrassing video that's on the coach too that's completely on the coach oh yeah and yeah i mean the player whatever obviously it's not what you want to do as a player uh, yeah as a grown adult right well yeah and then as the coach of course you obviously can't can't respond like that and and for that Tim Walton, he is the schlub of the week. And as always, once we finish up due to the week and schlub of the week, we go to Would You Rather, but because we didn't get any comments, any listeners recommending Would You Rathers, we don't have any. So, yeah, in a way, Scott, you let us down, but, you know, listeners, let us know. Per usual. Let us know, okay? Whatever, whatever you guys want to hear, whatever you want to, you whatever you want to pin on Scott. Let us know. Would you rather having to do with sports? And we will say it no matter what it is. If you let us know, we will say it on the show. But after would you rather? Of course, we have our weekend appetizer, and it's it's exactly what it sounds like. It's what are you looking forward to? Your appetizer is always, you know, you get ready for the meal, right? So the weekend appetizer, it's how come we're excited for the weekend specifically in sports? What do we want to talk about now? We're going to be watching over the weekend and potentially be talking about on the show next week. Scott, what's your weekend appetizer? Dude, this this weekend app is pretty beefy, man. It's like pretty meaty. I mean, because there's a lot going on. You got Saturday, Sunday, and even Monday kind of spills over. You're kind of eating the appetizers that you didn't eat finish over the weekend you're still That's right. so it's like all those chicken wings you couldn't finish so you brought them home in the doggy bag you should always finish Monday. chicken wings i always pick chicken wings because that's the only appetizer i like to eat oh yeah no totally you're on a roll man you're on a roll but so you got saturday you got the final four south carolina gonzaga at six Oregon, North Carolina at around, well, what is it, 845? It has that weird start time. Yeah, 849 or something like that. So, 849, Oregon, North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Then you got on Sunday, you got a little baseball action. 
I know that's, that's come out of the blue there, but we talked about it a little bit earlier in the show. But you have baseball action. You got what? The Cubs Cardinals returning MLB champion Cubs. And then you got your leftovers on Monday. Those chicken wings you didn't finish at dinner because your food came a little bit early than you thought. You couldn't mm-hmm. finish. You got Monday spilling over. You got the national championship game, which is probably going to be Gonzaga UNC. Yeah, and you know. But you got it all spilled over, and that's a really good Monday night right there. Like you're having a really good Monday night with those chicken wings. Strong weekend. What do you got for me? So, let me just mention Sunday. Because you went over Sunday, and that's okay, because there's not a lot, a whole lot of stuff going on on Sunday, of course. The Final Four is Saturday, National Championship, like you said, being Monday. But Sunday... Something different's happening. An exhibition game between the Boston Red Sox and the Washington Nationals happening on very strange ground. Ground being in Annapolis, Maryland, on the Naval Academy's baseball field. All turf. It's a heck of a it's an interesting setup. I don't know if if what that's going to look like. A I mean, Astrodome action? Yeah, well, yeah, it's all t- like even the dirt is it's just brown, reddish looking, looking turf. So it'd be cool seeing seeing big league guys play on that. And it's a it's a college field, so it's not like there's stands and seats everywhere. It's just sort of around home plate and and up to first, and then and then up to third. It's gonna be cool seeing big league guys in a park like that. And just an interesting story along with it. I heard this from the old man yesterday because. He knows everything Naval Academy, even just little stuff like this. Peter Angelos, the owner for the Orioles, has like this weird monopoly on on baseball being played within 30 miles of Baltimore that no major league team can play unless it's the Baltimore Orioles. So it's like a big stink that the Nats and the Red Sox are playing in Annapolis, which is just 30 miles outside of Baltimore. And it was a three-year contract, but because he got wind of it, probably going to end after this year. Little what's the interesting. Like, what's the point? Because because Ange- it's just another Angelos thing. It's just a it's a money thing. It's the whole dispute. It's the whole thing with the with the TV channel Masson, Mid Atlantic Sports shame. Network. That's huh? A sh- that's a shame. Yeah, it's well, it's just sort of funny. It's funny to funny to think about, really. It's you know, it's an exhibition game, right? Like it's an exhibition game. Who that cares? But apparently he does, and that's my little weekend. It's of course not as important as the Final Four and the National Championship, but that is my weekend appetizer. Scott, almost done. Tell the listeners where they can find us if they can't get enough PST. You got it every week, man. Every week. That's right. Twitter, iTunes, Podbean. Yep. Check. Murph's Facebook profile. Adam, Adam is a friend. Check. You got him. You'll get it on Facebook now. Hey, man. Things are looking up. We have a whole new redesigned Podbean. Twitter's right. rolling. We got like 20 followers. It's crazy, <laughs> it's man. Big time. Like, the hype. There's just too many. There's just too much stuff going on, man. So, it is. It's quite a lot. This is a good episode, though, Scott. I had fun. Hoped you had fun. Of course. And of course, we got a 
Got to thank the listeners for dropping back in. Always appreciate it. Come back next week. But until then, Perpetual Sports Talk. My name is Sean. And I'm Scott.